Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Can I kick it? ESPN 1000, Xander and Hanley, here till 1130. White Sox Weekly, coming up with Tyler Rocky. Paul in Valpo wants to talk about the Cubs here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Paul. Hey, good morning, guys. They kind of just uh, actually perfect timing with the last caller. I mean, I, I agree as a Cubs fan uh, who goes to a lot of games. You know, I, I don't see it as dire as you guys are kind of making it out to be. And I think, you know, personally, I've listened to Brian for years and years back to his st- days on the other station. I think it's more of a personal thing with the Ricketts. Um, and I, from that point of view, and I think he was one of the big voices that said that they shouldn't have done the rebuild to begin with. And then they come back and win the World Series. Um, in just a couple of years after the rebuild. I don't think it's as desperate a situation. You've got guys like Horner. You've got younger pitchers. Yeah, I know Keegan Thompson and, uh, and uh, Steele are a little bit up there in age, but that doesn't mean that they still can't be good pitchers in their prime here for the next four to five years at, at a decent cost. You, if they keep Contreras, and maybe they trade him for more prospects, but I keep going back to the Darvish deal. That guy actually had his facts. Tim knows that these are good minor league prospects. Part of the reason they weren't ranked as high was because of the COVID, because of the pandemic, and they were young. So if those guys do pop, then a lot of guys are going to come back and probably not realize that it wasn't that big a deal. The Cubs weren't going to win anything with Darvish anyways. So I just think that the kind of negative, the Ricketts, the Ricketts, the Ricketts, show us what they're making from our key. Show us what they're making from the outside the ballpark. Um, we also realize that the city gave them no money to do that. Like like they did on the south side, they didn't give them any I absolutely tax agree. I, they I, had to do it all out of their pocket. Absolutely, Jerry Reinsdorf tried to Jerry Reinsdorf tried to pinch them on doing the stuff in Arizona, even with the with the minor league. <laughs> so I mean, there's a lot of stuff there that have been against the Ricketts, but I think it's more of a political thing. They don't like their political view, so people just pile on and on. Paul, if they put money in and they win a World Series in two years, you, what will you guys say then? Will you come well, back and say, Paul, "Hey, now they're back spending money again"? Paul, here's a point though: Are you not disappointed? that they have not been able to maintain a competitive stance in this, a major market like a, uh, a team like the Cardinals. I they think that's the, really the, the argument playoffs. here. They made the, playoff. they made the playoffs in the COVID year. Last year was bad. This year they would have been competitive. We talk so much about how many injuries the Sox have had. How many injuries have the Cubs had? The they probably rotation. up there in major. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. this team's a competitive team. Whether they win the division, I don't know. Probably not. But yeah. they're competitive if their five starters aren't hurt the whole year. Stroman they paid for. Suzuki's hurt. Horner was hurt for a while. You've had relievers that have been hurt. So we never talk about the injuries. We talk about how bad that Ross people should be mad at Ross. But what about all the injuries he's had? It's easy to pile on now because they've well, lost I, a lot of close first, games. We didn't say – I said I like David Ross, and I don't know if he's a good manager because I don't know. But you would think a fan But you're mad is, that only 4% of Cubs fans aren't saying it's more his fault. How I'm just saying realistically you would think there would be a two in front of that four just because of where the team's so you at. Want, you want fans to be as mad as you because you don't well, like the Ricketts. Let's, let's back up to the beginning of the call. Yeah. I've had plenty of interaction with Tom Ricketts. I used to host the Ricketts family – segment at the Cubs convention. I have nothing against Tom. He's been nothing but good to me, and I've enjoyed being around him. I, it's not a personal thing. But with the title of chairman of this team comes expectations, and you can have a criticism and a critique and a point of view and still like the guy. Yep. Okay? Yep. I, I Thanks like for the, the guy. Co- call, Paul. I've, I've, said, I've said a number of times, if you met Tom Ricketts on the street, you wouldn't know he's a billionaire because he's just he comes off as a regular guy, and he's got a good sense of humor, and it's easy to talk to and easy to be around. That doesn't have anything to do with a, p- taking a business model and taking a, like you said, Mark, picking a lane when other teams can pick a lane and do both. They can they can restock, you know, 
They can restock the, the farm system on the fly. They can make good baseball decisions. The Darvish thing was a salary dump, okay? If and when one of those guys comes up and is an all-star or an actual starter on this team that's contributing to winning, you're, then I'll sit here and tell you I was absolutely Right, wrong. right. You're right about that. At that moment, that's what it was. They got some talent, but it's not here yet. We don't know what that's going to shake out to be. And and that caller right there, um, I appreciate the passion. I appreciate the, you know, the uh, other side of the coin. But what we're talking about here is the fact that this team may be a ninety-nine loss, uh, ninety-nine game, uh, you know, losses. Yeah, ninety-nine losses on the season. Is that what you really hope for, and and you're okay with that for the future? I mean, our question is, why did we have to drop this low to begin with? Now, are injuries the the reason why this has happened? I don't think so. Well, look, it's part and parcel. They have really. It's part of it, but it's not. You you can't just say, "Well, the injuries that's what did it." Otherwise, we would have been a competitive team. Can you really say that? No. If you told me, if you looked at that starting rotation before all the injuries, I mean, at best, is it? I mean, you know, mid level, middle of the pack. Yeah, I mean, God bless Kyle Hendricks, and he's had a horrible year when he's been healthy for the most part, right? Um, it, it just, and Tom Ricketts told you we have more than enough pitching. Well, apparently you don't. So I said at the beginning of the show, it's a tough team to get a handle on because they have 12 extra inning games, but a young slash bad team that doesn't know how to win is three and nine in those extra inning games. Right. right. So you get credit to, to, to a point for being competitive in a handful of those games. And we've seen them on either side of the ledger on blowouts. We've seen them win by 10 runs and, and, lose by 10 runs, right? I mean, that's just the, the growing pains. The point is, you know, I'll go back again. When I was for the rebuild, when Theo came in and told me what he was going to do, it's Theo Epstein. He did it in Boston. I had full faith that he was going to get it done Absolutely. Here. You knew he Absolutely. knew what what to do, what was and going I, on. And, and, and it was Theo and Jed, but it was always Theo first. And, you know, Theo was the one on the back page of the Sun-Times walking on Lake Michigan, walking on water. There was a picture of that, right? So I don't know if Jed can do it as the guy. He was he was a guy, a good part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a bit one A, but I don't know now that he's the guy with a different set of marching orders. I mean, Tom Ricketts, Theo told Tom Ricketts how they were going to spend and when they were going to spend and how much they were going to spend. Jed's not on that side of the conversation. No, right he's now. not. He's being told. Yes. No, you've got a great point. And again, there will be those fans that support what they're doing. And that's not everybody. And if you're not happy with what's going on, you can make your voice heard, as we were talking about. Now, go ahead. You were you were teasing about how the um, the cost of doing business on the north side and the product that they've built, all things considered. Well, look, the Marquee Network is you know it's a newbie to the to the cable game, right? Mm-hmm. Because they just decided to go this route, and it took them a few years to get up and running. And here it is. It's very important to a team's revenue stream when you look. The Dodgers, who are valued at $4.08 billion, last year had $189 million in cable fees, which is really ironic since half the city can't get get the Dodgers on TV, right? They, they, they got that was a Time Warner, and whatever reason, they, got, they made all the money off the, the fees, but for whatever reason, half the cable systems don't carry them. Um, Yankees, not surprisingly, are second at about $140 million bucks. These are surprising teams, though. The next three, Philadelphia Phillies making more than $100 million by cable rights and media rights. 
the Angels uh, making over a hundred million bucks, and Jake's team, the Texas Rangers, with their new ballpark, are making uh, over a hundred. Those are the top five. So once the marquee money starts really piling in, uh, but I assume the team was going to have to be better than two games out of or a game, a half game out of last place in the division for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, then they're they're really going to and and I said the advertising patches on the uh, on the uniforms next year, uh, teams get to keep that. The the stickers and advertising on the helmets are going to go help pay for the um, the playoff or the pool arbitration pool for all the guys who aren't eligible to you know they're arbitration eligible or not arbitration eligible rather, but they're going to get that pool of money for the up and coming stars of the game, and they're going to divvy up fifty million mm-hmm. or billion or whatever it is. That's going to go. the The helmet advertising goes to that pool, and the teams can sell. It's going to start looking like a stock car, and right? It, and, and and that's fine. But that's going to be another ten percent, and probably more for major market teams in terms of uh, revenue. Now, you shouldn't get our conversation wrong here. I, I and I'm not going to speak for you, Brian, but I'm pretty sure you, we're on the same page here. I don't mind if the Ricketts makes a ton of money. I don't care. That's great. I hope that they do. But as a baseball fan, I want to see that they're doing everything that they can to put a competitive team out on the field. Being that this is a major market, I don't feel like they should have dropped to this point. Whether it's Theo's issue and they left Jed holding the bag, and that may be the the case. They just neglected that. We know that uh, the three big names, or four big names, well, three of them, right? It was Bryant and Rizzo and Baez all turned yeah, and down look, and, and uh, offers said, to stay here. We we get all that. We don't mind no. that they they make money, and, they're, and the Ricketts family is going to make a lot of money. Just don't cry poor and give us the best team possible. Has that happened? I don't think so. I wouldn't have paid Chris Bryant what Scott Boris expected uh, either because of the injuries and the decline in, in the past few seasons. Same hobby bias, too inconsistent. Right. I mean, electrifying player, and I love watching him when he's on. And nobody got the money that they were originally offered no, from the Anthony, Cubs anyhow. And Anthony Rizzo turned down a lot more money than he ended up getting from the Yankees. Yep. So that's that's on him. And I'm with Judd. You can sleep well at night knowing that you gave them fair and market value. But you could have taken that money and reinvested it immediately. And we always we that's always say, the point where why wasn't that money? And they're being they're talked about. Well, there's a pile of money waiting for the right. Why is it still sitting there? Why haven't they done something? There were plenty of ways to use that money in the offseason. Right. And and they can't tell you how long this is going to take. And uh, it, you're optimistic if you think it's three years, because where's that starting pitching going to come from? And I like Keegan Thompson. I like watching him pitch. And, and you know, but that that guy isn't the ace of a, a of a staff that's going to get you to a World Series by any stretch. Um, but, you know. Boston Red Sox, we always talk about how the Cubs emulate and, and take the business blueprint from Boston. Look at this. Boston's third on this list at $3.9 billion to the Cubs' fourth at $3.8 billion. They both increased their uh, the worth of the franchise in the last year by 13%, identical. Mm-hmm. And, and the Boston Red Sox made $69 million in operating income in 2021 when most teams lost that much. Mm-hmm. And the Cubs were fourth at $68 million to the good. I mean, you couldn't get mirror numbers any closer to this, right? I mean, that that tells you. And yet, Boston didn't say we're they, now they weren't very good starting out, but they had every intention intention of being good coming into the season, right? And they're playing better. All very valid points. Again, it's not about how much the team makes; it's about putting 
the best product on the field that you can. And if you leave any money on the table and you don't do that, you've got to wonder why that's their approach. Well, look, the same thing with the South side. You know, Reinsdorf is only going to spend as much as he's going to spend. And we've seen those limits seemingly. And the caller's right. I mean, the Chicago White White Sox leveraged, there was a 1988, leveraged that deal when they were negotiating with Florida down at the the, then the Suncoast Dome or whatever the hell it was Mm -hmm. in Tampa. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, Tampa was whatever they were going to give, want, they they were going to give them. And Jerry Reinsdorf is an astute businessman. Now, as a taxpayer, I don't really care to be paying the bill all these decades later, but we are um, with the sports authority because guess what? Especially the the hotel tax that was supposedly going to pay for all that and not a dollar of taxpayer money. It was all going to come from tourists paying the extra percent on the hotel rooms. Well, that didn't come to fruition either. That's what Soldier Field is costing uh, taxpayers as well because they're all pie-in-the-sky estimates and they all sell it as if it's going to be money that's spent from somebody else who doesn't live here. And that never ends up being <laughs> never, the case. Never. No. So, I mean, good business by Jerry and does well by his investors. And that's what he's supposed to do. But our call is correct. The, the Ricketts family tried to get infrastructure on the ballpark, whatever, and Rahm Emanuel, and I think the caller is accurate too, didn't have the same politics as the Ricketts family and was not interested in, in playing, you know, and even having those conversations. Right. But I think the days of of financing stadiums and, and you'll see it with the Bears in Arlington Heights, uh, the public uh, taking a big, large piece of that pie and poning up, not going to happen in this state, which is bankrupt, by the way. It's just, it might happen elsewhere, but it's not going to happen here. Right, right. All right, so we're going to come back from the break, set you up with uh, the results of the poll. I'll give you the starting lineup for the White Sox as we approach White Sox Weekly. Tyler Aki is on that today starting at 1130. Pre-game starts at 130. First pitch in Minnesota against the Twins. Game three of four White Sox at 205. Lance Lynn is on the bump. Xander and Hamley, be right back here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. All right, White Sox Weekly coming up here on ESPN 1000, your home for the Chicago White Sox, 1130 We'll have that uh, Tyler Aki sitting in the chair today as Connor McKnight is on his way up to the Twin Cities. He'll be involved in the broadcast tomorrow. We've got Lance Lynn on the hill today for the uh, White Sox. They have won two of four. And here is the way the lineup shape uh, shapes up for today, Brian. Tim Anderson leading off at short. Yoan Mankata, he's still in the two slot, third base. Andrew Vaughn batting third. DH, Jose's at first base. In the cleanup spot in right field, Gavin Sheets. A.J. Pollock is in left field, so Aloy is not in the game. Josh Harrison at second base. Sebi Zavala behind the uh, plate. He's been a real asset since uh, coming back from AAA. And Adam Engel in center field, so Luis Robert also not in the lineup today. We don't have any official word on either of them. But again, Engel provided that home run last night. Certainly a glove you can rely on. And um, no Leori Garcia. I'm smiling. Did we lose Brian? 
No, I'm here. Uh, okay. Aloy took swings in the cage yesterday, so okay. but they're, they're going to give him these two days, I think, and just give him the extra time during the break to make sure that, I mean... Yeah, that's fine. Went, I, but when it happened, didn't you go, oh, oh my God, not again. Oh, I, see, I, to I, me I, now, see, to me now, immediately I said, that's it, DH. But Tony has a point. <laughs> you when you DH and you hit, you can't have somebody right. else run for you. You well, have to unless, you lose your you have to use your legs. So what is le- wrong with this training, man's legs? Unless the medical staff puts you on the do not run list. <laughs> well, yeah, but I've yet to see now, Tony. If there's a way to do it in the rules where you could have somebody as a as a kid, we did that sometimes. Somebody hurt themselves and yeah, they can only have, bat. And you have somebody just yeah, lined up next right. to them to run when you're, when you're calling uh, call your field. Or yeah, you yeah, right, field, right, yeah, right, 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 yeah. You didn't have enough guys to, to play a full game. Right out. So. Yeah, don't hit it to right field. You're yeah, automatically, automatically out. Automatically out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, so, I mean, that to err on the side of caution with Aloy is probably good um, because when he, I'm watching that, I was like, oh, boy, is that the hamstring again? The first thing you thought, right? And I've got friends, big Sox fan friends, Texan. No, no one saw that coming. <laughs> he was going to be back. Oh, uh, every, every there was a, a collective sigh across Chicagoland. Yeah, right. It just hurt like, oh, my, he's wincing. He's running. Know, right? Why? Why? Yeah, there, I, I don't know what the solution is. I really, really don't. Now I know I'm bagging on Leori, but, you know, Josh Harrison has really been strong defensively. His bat's here. He's a fun guy to watch. And Leori seems to be a replacement now, which I think is the best way to use him. He played yesterday. Get, Today, on, he's going to be rested. Just go get Ian Happ. Just I'm telling oh, you. for Leori? Okay, yeah. done. No, I'll make that trade Leary. right no, now. No, I'm just okay, saying thank place. you. Thank no, you. The, you just said that out loud. That's going to no, happen. No, I didn't. I'm not drinking. Um, <laughs> mark that. I, yeah, yeah, you, you mark that. Mark that time. No. Yeah, okay, cap. But, you know, no, uh, I said get him for second base. You know, I mean, we don't want Lori. No, thank you. Wait, uh, Josh is doing fine. Okay, but Hap will probably do better. He's a switch hitter. He's got power. He can, you know. If we're doing just, that, I'll put Hap in left field. Okay, you can. I mean, he can do both. See, he's not at the same time. No, no, but in the same game. I mean, so I'm telling you that that it's an obvious move to make, and and you know, I'm with all this stuff. You know, when Len brought up uh, Grandal, we all hope that Grandal comes back and is a lot better than he was. But the pitchers sure seem to like uh, to pitch into Sevy, right? And he made that great catch in Cleveland the other day. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just a guy that. You just look, I mean, you, you like the, the way he just kind of composes himself out there, right? Yeah, he, he, he yeah, he, he, it's weird. He's like quietly aggressive. Yep. Now, I don't know what happened at the end of the game the other day. It's just ridiculous. It, it seems like every baseball player is just looking for somebody to look at them wrong or just a slight flinch. And everybody no, was, just wants to run out of the uh, the bullpen in the dugout. The field, Mike picked it up. He said, "You're standing in front of the bleeping plate." Wish He's he had to... every reason to say that. Exactly. As a catcher, I would have done the same thing. Like move. That's what he's saying. I mean, he's just like, "Hey, you can move. I'm trying to do my job here. You're <laughs> right. working over here, working." Right. And he's just like, "You're." He, and and now, why somebody took exception to that? And what um, was it, Celestino? Right. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on now. I, I mean, he. But I mean, well, you know what? They got look. They got their ass handed to him. You know, in that game. So yeah. they were a little butthurt. You know? Of course. But I'll tell you what. If the executive of the year was handed out today, go, you don't have to look any further than Cleveland. Because as we're talking about payrolls and everything else, um, right now, the Cleveland GM um, is uh, Mike. Oh, what's his last name? 
Um, but he's doing this. You wonder how they're doing it. He's doing this with a $68 million payroll, right? Now think about that. Only three teams have a lower payroll than Cleveland. Pittsburgh, Oakland, and Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore. Uh, maybe Mike Chernoff. Like, Mike Chernoff. Yeah, yeah, Mark Chernoff ran the fan in New York forever. And yes, Mark's oh, uh, they're, they're uh, siblings? That's his son. Oh, Mike is okay, his son. okay. As a matter right. of fact, now, now, the way Baltimore's coming on, maybe there's a conversation to be had there. But, I mean, Cleveland. Oh, there, there, there definitely is, without a doubt. But if Cleveland wins this division, um, I'm telling you, Mike Chernoff is uh, is done a hell of a job. Yep. Yep. You talk about spending intelligently. That's how you do it. And they've done that down in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Same situation. Forever. Yep. Yep. All right. So we've got a couple polls we have to wrap up here. Again, White Sox Weekly coming up, Tyler Aki, on uh, that. And he will be doing the uh, pregame as the Twins take in on the Sox in Minnesota. Game 3, 205. First pitch. All right. The first poll we have, and Jake Cantu is uh, producing today. He's going to wrap these up for us. But the White Sox are finally at 500 with that win yesterday. What else do they need to do before the break? They have a couple of games next to actually, or yeah, a couple of games leading up to the break to actually have turned the corner, quote unquote, whatever that means to you, on the season. Win three or four, clean sweep of the Twins, or just keep hitting those home runs. What's it look like, Jake? So clean sweep. It's a little close. Clean sweep has 41.1% and win three of four versus the Twins, 38. Keep hitting those home runs, 20%. Okay. Too far behind, but it's close. Well, you know what? And I threw that in there because the home runs are equating to wins. Yep. You know, so Um, it's kind of the same thing, really. Well, again, in two weeks' time, you've uh, bypassed three teams in terms of total home runs because you were sitting there with only two Fewer teams hitting fewer than you were, and yet you were you know, running in place around 500. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The more you hit home runs, I think the, we're going to see you actually uh, ascend in the um, in the standings as we have, right? and you're getting closer. I voted for a clean sweep because I think that's the position you put yourself in. I think you really it's almost imperative to get today and tomorrow and be one game out going into the break, and then who knows? Yeah, best case scenario certainly, and that would be yeah, yeah that. That is how realistic. I hope it's very realistic. Yeah, three out of four is um, doable because yeah, you got very two doable, in the bank. But yeah. but but to go into the break one game behind the Twins after being as much as six games behind. And as Len pointed out, you get a lot of Oakland and teams like that in the second half, and then you get another nine against the the Twins. I think in September. So. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. And the Guardians at home, which obviously a big challenge for us now is to play better at home. We'll see them on the other side, the all-star break. All right. So the other poll, do you believe the Ricketts family will own the Cubs when they win their next world series? Yes. No. Do great grandchildren count? Yeah. All right, Jake, what's that look like? Great-grandchildren is my vote, but it comes in at 14.9%. No takes the cake, 58%. Yes, at 26. All right, so they're going to spin them off, or it's going to take that long. Or both. I mean, maybe if if, if it's now worth $6 billion in a couple, you know, four or five years, you know, can you tell me they're going to win a World Series in five years, or the the team's worth is going to jump up into that really rarefied air, five or $6 billion, and, you know, to the, the family cash out at that point and take the one World Series that everyone celebrated and go home. I think they're in it for the long haul. I just need to see more commitment about putting a winning team on the field. And, and we were talking about David Ross. We don't know how great a coach he is. We know he's a fan favorite. 
we're assuming why wouldn't he be loved in the clubhouse, sure. right? Right. But he doesn't have the tools to know how good a manager he is. You can't evaluate it. You just right. can't. Between injuries and a bad roster. And, and look, I just my point is when your team's on a pace to lose 99 games in a tough, usually a tough, and maybe the media aren't as tough, Ozzy said, but in a demanding city when it comes to expectations, mm-hmm. even if you like that. Yeah, a storied Ross, franchise. We're not right, talking even, about the Rockies here. We're talking I mean, about the Cubs. 95% of the fan base said, no, they wouldn't change out managers. You're going to lose 99 games, and I'm not blaming them. But you would think just you're upset enough that you would think there would be a 14% or a 24% instead of 4.2%. Well, maybe people just realize that, you know, what we do, that we can't really evaluate him because of what he has to work with. And it just seems like there may be a lot of patient Cubs fans, which is kind of hard to believe. Every every century it pays off. (laughs) Right. I mean, we're only a few years removed from the World Series uh, championship. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take another 20, six, 30 years six. for people to start bugging out. I don't have another 30 years. I may, I'm, you know, I'd like to think 20. But, um, yeah, I, maybe maybe that's why. I, you know, our, our because are it's your advanced age, Brian? Well, I mean, I can't wait another 50, <laughs> right. let alone 100. I right. mean, I agree. Yeah, the, the nine-year-old me was crushed as a kid when 69 Cubs you yeah. know, rolled over and died. So. Yeah. I, I I need a little exp, uh, you know expedite. Yeah, this we got to get a move on. And speaking of yeah. which, White Sox Weekly is next. I'm Xander. He's Brian Hanley. See you again tomorrow morning, starting at nine a.m. Go White Sox or ten. Yeah, go yeah, White you Sox. Can, you start at nine. I'll be here. Okay. At 10. All right. We'll see you then.